Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to River Cafe Table 4, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. A few minutes ago, I sat at a table in the River Cafe and spoke to Rudy Law, who is a waiter here. He told me about growing up with a father who cooked for him, his brothers, and his sisters, who insisted on family dinners, created a nut roast at Christmas for his vegetarian siblings, and encouraged them all to be adventurous in what they ate. Now I am going to sit down with Rudy's father, this wonderful man, Jude Law, loved by his son and by me. What could be better? Hello, Jude. <laughs> no, to have your sons talk. It was I'm so glowing. moving. I was Aww. almost in tears. So before we start, would you like to read the recipe that you've chosen? Yes. Pear and almond tart serves 10 to 12 people. Six ripe commis pears, 350 grams blanched whole almonds, 350 grams of unsalted butter softened, 350 grams of caster sugar, three eggs. Peel, halve, and core the pears. Place the pear halves face down and in one layer in a pre-baked sweet pastry base. Put the almonds in a food processor and chop until fine. Cream together the butter and sugar with an electric mixer until pale and light. Add the almonds, then the eggs, one by one. Pour this almond mixture over the pears. Bake for 40 minutes or until the filling is golden brown and set. Leave to cool and serve with a dollop of creme fraiche. Mm. 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 <laughs> and, and I have one, and you have one. sat in we front have. of me. So we're sitting here with, oh. the, with the pear and almond tart. I will leave it there as a getting, reward. Okay. <laughs> a reward later. I, it could be a reward. Mm. You can have it whenever you want. We can stop the conversation to eat. That's perfectly possible. I was really pleased that you chose this recipe. Oh, because, good. in fact, it's a recipe that I ate at a restaurant called Benoit in Paris when Richard was working there doing the Pompidou. Right. And we used to go there and we used to finish the meal with this pear and almond tart. And so it's not an Italian recipe, but it's one that means a lot to me. Do you know why you chose this recipe? It's one of the many things, but certainly one thing I always look forward to having whenever I come here. Oh. And I'm someone who often encourages the other guests that I'm eating with to get other desserts so that we can all try, you know, different plates. But um, this is the one I always get. It's interesting, isn't it, about getting your 
guest, when you come to a restaurant to try, as you say, the, a friend of mine told me the other day that when he hires somebody, he always brings them to the River Cafe, and if they choose squid, he doesn't not sure he wants to hire them. And I thought, <laughs> the squid bit. test. And I thought, the squid test. <laughs> I thought, wow. And he was saying, because there's so many exciting things to have, which I actually, I think I would be impressed by somebody who chose squid. But I like the idea that you encourage people to share a dessert. I do. Yeah. I was just thinking about or it just struck me that, of course, I often have my initial meetings for jobs at restaurants too. Do you? Yeah. Do and so you? in a weird way, I'm being auditioned and I'm auditioning yeah. them, usually over food, because I suppose food and how you eat and what you eat and where you want it's to revealing. eat is hugely revealing. Mm, mm. And if you're going to go on a journey together mm. creatively or one where you're going to share insights and emotions mm. and you're going to share food. And what about in the theatre? Do you eat before? If you're doing a performance in the evening, would you wait and eat yes. afterwards? Or do no, you, you have to. I have to eat you before, to eat but before. you also then have to time it so that you've got a couple of hours to digest it properly. I had a lovely ritual when I was doing um, Hamlet. I would arrive at the Wyndham's, which is right next to Shiki's. Mm. I'd get there a couple of hours before, and they were very sweet. They let me go in even though they weren't always open and have a little piece of fish so it was mm. kind of clean protein maybe a salad and then I can have a little sleep wake up mm. and uh, warm up and then do the play I did that for nearly seven months and a great hamlet it was thank you and would you go out after because when some some of my friends who are in the, in the theater that we get the idea that you go out afterwards yes do you like that do you like how do you feel at the end of performance do well, you want to eat initially do you... initially especially in that show <laughs> yeah. i was i had this ridiculous rule that no you know i can't get it's going to be exhausting. I can't get caught up in that. I'm going to go home every mm. night really early. I think that lasted about a week. A week. And then, yeah, and then it was like, let's go out <laughs> yeah. and yeah. drink wine and eat great yeah. food and yeah. celebrate because you're on a wonderful sort of a high. high. Yeah. And, and it feels also, it's such a lovely part of the, the play sharing then what your friends or, or family have thought if they come mm. and see you. Yeah. And, um, and then there's a surprise too. Someone suddenly comes and you're like, Oh, I haven't seen you in years. Thank yeah. you for coming. And, Part of yeah. the ritual of uh, production is to eat together afterwards yeah. or as a company. Yeah. But you go out with other actors or was it usually Oh, always, always. Yeah. 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 There is sometimes a comparison between the drama of a restaurant and the drama of the theatre. Oh, know? yeah. I see theatre everywhere and yeah. certainly in a restaurant. Yeah. And then I can work a night and have a packed restaurant. But at the end of that performance, you think either it didn't quite work with the audience. I could just feel there was not the mood. And I used to come home to Rich and say, oh, that's it, I'm, it's over, I'm giving up. I don't know what I did, but tonight didn't work. Or you come on this incredible high yeah. of saying, that was a night to remember. It. And that anticipation of yeah. the doors are open. Yeah, the doors are open. It's happening, and you yeah. can't go back then. Yeah. It's like we're open and we yeah, don't close for another four <laughs> hours. You know, it's, it's yeah. the same in a way in theatre, absolutely. The curtain yeah. goes up, you're on. You're on. That reliance on each other mm. to be a sort of smooth operation yeah. is key. It's yeah. absolutely at the That's heart of it, isn't it? And it becomes like trust and it, become, yeah. it becomes, a, you, you have a great trust in, you, in others. And I think also you find out about yourself in that mm. environment because you really are having to be in a team yeah. and, oh, what kind of a team player am I? Mm. 
Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Rudy, tell me that your mother was a really good cook, or is a really good cook. And so did you grow up with good food? Was food important? I grew up with pretty good food. My mum cooked with a lot of love. Mm. She grew up in uh, Lancashire and was the sort of 60s generation who ran away. To, she didn't actually run away. She moved to London as a mm. student and embraced the sort of swinging 60s and was very much someone curious in exploring new possibilities. And so, mm. yeah, I think that was reflected in the food she then cooked us when we me and my sister came along. One of the things that I've also noticed in these conversations is how many people remember the food of their grandparents almost more than their parents. And I was wondering, Lancashire, is, mm. that, is that where Lancashire hot pot comes from? Yes. Did you have that? Not so, that I remember, but you're, it? It, I think you're so right about the influence of grandparents' food. My, uh, my grandma's food was fantastic very hearty is this a mother of your mother or your father well that, that's a complicated that's a long story that's okay. that, that leads off from food <laughs> yeah. my parents were both adopted and my mum's mum by adoption passed away when she was quite young so her sister my mum's auntie yeah. became a sort of maternal role right. and that's who I always think of as my grandma I told oh, okay. you it was complicated mm. <laughs> what did he do your grandfather he was a plumber he was a very successful plumber in that area. And uh, he would get up every morning when we were there and cook everyone breakfast in bed every single day. So you'd stay in bed and wait for your grandfather to uh, bring oh, No, actually, I wouldn't. I'd get up and help <laughs> Uncle Alan. I'd help, I'd help Alan, but everyone else would stay <laughs> in bed. And he'd do a tray for everyone. Isn't that amazing? Well, Thinking back now, that's it's amazing. pretty good. It's pretty and good. You, you could order your egg. Mm. You'd get poached eggs. You could One get sec. scrambled, really? fried. Yeah. Wow. He'd do fried toast, bacon. Coffee, tea, yeah, amazing. And that, my that, mum and, surprised my mum and dad didn't go more often. This was in, in Lancashire. This is in Lancashire, in a little town called Bake Up. And when we would go out to say hello to all the aunties, it would start off wonderfully well because you get a huge slice of cake. But the problem is there were like six or seven aunties and by the end of the trip, you were eating six or seven and you couldn't eat any Different more cake. Different kinds but of you, cake or was it a special It was fruit cake. cake. It yeah. was scones, chocolate cakes, all sorts, but okay. lots of cake. So that, can I just say that that would have been Rudy's, for Rudy, a great-grandmother, yeah. and he spoke as her great-grandson today about the chocolate cake. When did you leave home? How I, old le- were I you? left home actually very young. What age was that? I was 17. I moved, I had to move to Manchester because I'd got a job. On tele- I was at school, I was all set to sort of carry on my school career 
And I had always wanted to be an actor, and I got offered a job. I lived on my own. I had my wow. own little flat up in Manchester. Manchester, 17. And had to cook, so I, could, I oh. sort of learned then. But, you know, I'd already picked up little... I used to love making little beef pulpettes. Hmm. I'd make little beef pulpettes. I remember hmm. my mum taught me, chopping onions, frying those, bit of garlic. Did you then start acting and travelling? I did, I did. And my love affair with Italy really started. I took a play on tour around Italy, hmm. and I was gone for seven or eight months and we would do a little town each day and then pack up the set and drive to the next oh. town and being there as a young adult and, and, and being there with a group of Italians who were running the tour and knew every mm. little tiny restaurant or mm. those wonderful places you can eat in Italy in the, in the little towns where you sit with the family and you mm. pay a little bit of money and yeah. you eat what they eat but yeah. the food is spectacular yeah. so you're sort of eating slightly more adventurous Italian mm. food than perhaps mm. you would if you were to go to a restaurant. Mm. And I just fell in love with Italy there and then, and I've been going ever since quite regularly. And um, I've been lucky enough to go back and work there and make films there, which is uh, sometimes often, has often been the, some of the happiest experiences of my yeah. life. And so what, what was it like being in Positano? Did you stay there when you were doing Ripley? Was that... Um, was that we weren't there so long. And uh, my memory of... Ripley is more on the island of Ischia. Oh, I've never been there. That's where off we shot. Naples, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just off Naples and next to Capri and Progida. Mm. And uh, we found this extraordinary restaurant right on the sea. And it was almost as if they could sort of fish mm. out of the back window and cook what they caught, you know. We just sort of, as a crew, took that over and it became the sort of heart of um, the film, really. Everyone would congregate there after a day's shooting and um and eat wonderful fresh fish food uh what about working and acting and eating because you know i know that you were in of course you were in budapest hotel and i talked to wes who mm. said that he only really he would rather not give his anybody any food mm. at all during the day mm. uh, maybe a bowl of soup and he's uh, <laughs> said he'd give them soup for lunch but then the crew objected to the soup i think i'd agree with wes on that that the problem with lunch is, on a, when you're filming, is that you you have to take obviously that hour, but That's then it also takes an hour to get everyone back exactly. and warmed up. Yeah. So sometimes you lose the momentum. So if you're in the middle of a scene and suddenly someone says, "Right, okay, lunchtime," you think, "Oh, well, then we're not going to yeah. get really back to this for another three hours," yeah. and you have to start again. Yeah. So I'd rather sometimes just carry on. Um, I mean, I also remember. I know that crews, you know, differ, don't they? But but. I remember working with one actress who decided that the food was really unhealthy and so sort of got it all changed to very mm. uh, gluten-free and mm. all this. And there was an uprising because, of course, yeah. the crew wanted yeah. their pie and custard <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, they wanted, yeah. they wanted the hearty stuff mm. um, to keep them going. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. You talk about your family. You Mm. talk about the influence of your mother Mm. and your grandmother and your aunt and the cakes and Lancashire Mm. and about being an actor and the excitement of eating. You have six children, Mm. and I know four of them. You know, and I know that they're great kids. A lot of cooking. The influence of your parents and the way Rudy spoke about the love that he had for food and for you taking care of him. And he said that you cooked, you know, you actually cooked for them and that you insisted on the dinners. And as I said in my introduction, there was a Christmas when you made the nut roast and you and he are meat eaters. And he said his sister and brother are vegetarians, but (laughs) there was that kind of, of taking care of each other. So what is Mm. it like being a father of six children and food? It's the, the element that defines me and uh, brings me the most joy and also the most uh, concerns and dramas, uh, but makes me feel the most alive. And Talking about it like this now makes sense. That yeah, the centre of that was the, the were the meals that we eat together as they were as they were growing up as a family, and uh, that comes directly from my parents. The importance of that, and I think they yeah they talk about it. They yeah. they love it too. I mean you know Raph Iris and Rudy. Oh, well, Raph and Iris are, are now they've moved out now and they have their own places, but you know they still come back for Sunday lunches or dinners and. Um, I'm so pleased that that was at the heart of their childhood. Mm. And yeah, learning to cook vegetarian food because, you know, I had to respect their choices as veggies. And uh, I enjoyed the challenge of it, really. And I enjoyed, um, gosh, it's funny talking about it like this because you realize the words you keep repeating and therefore what's at the heart of it. But I enjoyed giving the love of it. I I enjoyed looking after them. I always say this to uh, friends who are expecting children. That you know the satisfaction you get when you're about to go to bed and your kids are, mm. have all eaten, they're washed, yeah. <laughs> they're in bed, they're safe. It's just such a fantastic feeling. It's the greatest sense of satisfaction and contentment that mm. you've got through mm. another day and they're yeah. all right. You know yeah. they've eaten yeah. all of that, yeah. and that was yeah an important part of bringing them up to me and uh, and the adventurousness I suppose because again it reflects. I don't know you know. People that go, oh, no, I don't like that. And you think, well, have you tried it? Hmm. You know, that was always, that's always the first question to the kids. And you think, no, just try it. You know, and you see them suddenly thinking, oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. See, it's that octopus. You think, yeah, go on, try a little bit. It's really good. But I think that's, that trying it probably then carries over to other 
parts of Absolutely. life. Absolutely. I think you get a connection to, say, with a country or a nation or a yeah. nationality because of the food. If you know you like their food, you sort of think, oh, yes, why mm. do they cook like that? Or what? That's yeah. interesting. You know, it, it opens your eyes and your heart to culture. It's, I won't, I won't, I won't steer into politics, but it what amazes me about, about not, <laughs> you know, the idea of, uh, sort of not embracing immigrants and refugees or, but, but, you know, this, this to me, what certainly in London, but the heart of this country is the influence of other countries, the food and the culture that they bring yeah. makes this the most fantastic country. Yeah. So <laughs> if we, if we think that food is, is so movingly expressed by your son and by yourself, as food is love, the food mm. is a connection, the food is memory and food is parenting, and food is curiosity, and part of our world that we care for. It's also comfort, isn't it? Yes. You know, it's kind of what we do, and we need comfort. So for my last question to you, Jude Law, what would be your comfort food? <laughs> not when you're hungry, not when you want to cook for somebody else, because you're such a giver, and you're talking all the time about what you can do for everyone and your children what would be your comfort food? What would you turn to? Uh, I, well, I have two that spring to mind. The first one is ice cream. Mm. I love ice cream. I love variety of flavors. And I love that you can almost have a sort of a conversation with different flavors if you get them right. So if you get a little lemon and chocolate mm -hmm. and then maybe hazelnut, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a really interesting combination. <laughs> I'm trying to, In I'm trying to add exoticism. Oh no, three scoops. Three scoops. Um, okay. I'm, I'm trying to, to, think I'm trying to add hazelnut, lemon and uh, chocolate ice cream. <laughs> oh no, not all so together. Separately. Ones, yeah. yeah. Maybe even three that's spoons. Nice. I like ice cream too. Yeah. But then the other thing that comes to my mind, and this is an odd one, is nuts. Oh. I love nuts. Mm, what, what type? All types. All types. Salted, unsalted. Salted, I'm afraid. I mean, yeah. I realize it's really mm. bad for me, no, but I eat fine. a lot of nuts. Do you? And I, yeah, I love them. Yeah. Almonds, peanuts, uh, cashews, macadamias, uh, okay. Brazils. Okay. <laughs> I love nuts. Well, I hope you don't need much comfort because I think you are surrounded by love of uh, your I feel friends like and I your am. children. But comfort is good. And certainly you have been my comfort on this cold. December night. Thank you, Jude. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Oh, thank <laughs> you. That was lovely. This holiday season, if you can't come to the River Cafe, the River Cafe will come to you. Our beautiful gift boxes are full of ingredients we cook with and design objects we have in our homes. River Cafe olive oil, Tuscan chocolates, Venetian glasses, a Florentine Christmas cake made in our pastry kitchen, and more. We ship them everywhere. To find out more or to place your order, visit shoptherivercafe.co.uk. River Cafe Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Ball State wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 